Welcome to episode 36 of The Cringe. Today we are recording from Westfield, New Jersey in a really nice apartment studio, or actually it's just an apartment, and I'm joined with Josh, aka Mr. Hollywood, and our, and our special guest is Christian Zerone, the founder of the popular YouTube channel and web shop called Theo and Harris. They have nearly 30 million views on YouTube, over 131,000 subscribers, and the business generates around two to three million in revenue a year. Welcome to the show, Christian. Thank you guys for having me. What's good? Wait, hold on. I thought we were interviewing Theo. Or yeah. at least Harris. <laughs> did you get catfished again? Oh, yeah, I think I did. I think I just drove 1,700 miles and got catfished. So my first question to you, though, Christian, is why did you decide to do this show? Do you know who we are and what we do to people? Because uh, we're degenerate. I'm, re I'm ready. It's a challenge. I'm ready to, I'm okay. ready to swat away. All right. oh, we're good. Okay, he's yeah. good. Yeah. We're, yeah. He's, I'm not he's, he's got these goalie pads on. I'm not worried, guys. We're a different kind of watch podcast. <laughs> yeah, so exactly. we, we like to have fun. Yeah, no, no problem. Yeah, I'm happy to be here, guys. Okay, great. Before we get into anything, let's do a little wrist check. Yeah. Um, Christian, you want to go first? Yeah, I'm wearing a Cartier Tank Normal. Um, yeah, mm. this is great. The original tank, you know, I think it's the tank that, uh, you know, that looks more like the, like the tank yeah. itself, yep. right, than the Renault tank than anything else. It's the original. Classic. Very cool. Yeah, yeah I was wow. at the Cartier uh, building store uh, yesterday. On Fifth Avenue. Yeah, it was awesome. The mansion. It was dope. Yeah. Crazy. We got on, Josh. Uh, I got on my uh, new newish Explorer. Uh, the, oh, that's the one I let you have, yeah. The definitive the No, you didn't. They called you, me and no, I, I passed it on no, to you. I, I bullied that. the AD into selling this to me. 36? Yeah. Ah, that's yeah. amazing. I asked for it and got it two days later. Nice. It's actually a true story. It's a very true wow. story. It's great. Two days later. And then, of course, I got the Oris Pro Pilot X on. This thing's uh, fucking huge, but wow. it's light. That's I'll give you, incredable watches. I'll give mm -hmm. you 2500 bucks for it. 39 no. I'll do 39. No, I'm not what would you give me for it? I don't know what it's worth. I have no clue. I'd give you $500 less than it's worth, though. <laughs> <laughs> Good answer. Uh, we're, we're on the same page. That's it. <laughs> so I want to call out the fact that we are in Westfield, New Jersey. Westfield is the home to The Watcher, the infamous prank that went viral in 2014 in which a mystery person or persons wrote ominous letters to the new homeowners of a Westfield house. There's even a whole Netflix series about it, and your apartment's actually only a few minutes away, so that kind of raised our suspicions a little bit i'm i might yeah. be the watcher yeah, yeah well yeah, yeah we yeah. hired a private eye and the <laughs> evidence is piling up christian yeah, that's you want to you want to admit to everyone why you've been watching that house for so many years it, like oj if i did it <laughs> is know? that why you changed your name <laughs> yeah exactly yeah, yeah. <laughs> uh, so what a netflix series huh Jeez. yeah well, so why don't you rename your web shop to just embrace it and just be the Watchers the, the Watcher Watch Shop? Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah. I think that'd be kind of cool. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. You be. can make a custom Watcher Watches might be Watch. A better idea. Not, that's actually because it's kitschy and dumb, but people, the world would love it. Yeah. Exactly. Like, yeah, that's, I think it's that's perfect. And once yeah. you get somebody's address for mailing them a watch, you send them random letters a <laughs> few times imagine? a year. <laughs> oh, that's brilliant. <laughs> I like that. So we're gonna conduct this interview in three parts. Part one is where we talk about the man behind the brand. Part two is all about Theo and Harris, the business. And finally, part three is where we explore big business, expansion, diversification. So part one, the man. We like to get to know our guests with a few icebreakers. So the first icebreaker is tell us two truths and a lie, and we're going to try to guess one of the lies. I'll go first so we can, you can think about what you want to say, unless you want to go Wait, first. Wait, we all have to do it? Yeah. I'm totally unprepared. Okay. Yeah. Okay. I, I think I'm good. You two, good? Yeah. I'll go first. Yeah. Okay. Two truths and one lie. One, I was born in Malaysia. Two, I lived in New Jersey for a year. And three, I just got the call from the Royal Oak store. I'm getting allocated. <laughs> That's a lie. 
total. That one's definitely a lie. Okay, that 100%. is a lie. actually they're all three lies. I fucked that one up. Never even been to Malaysia. Yeah, yeah. Oh, none man. of that shit is true. None of it's true. Yeah, you, you blew the game. I just fucking you know off the cuff. All right, you go, Josh. Uh, okay. Uh, okay. Yeah, uh, I'm a uh, leading Hollywood star. That's why they call me Mr. Hollywood. Uh, I was in a ska band, and. Uh, I love 1980s Volvo station wagons. I'm going to let you go because I know I know the lie. I know him. I know this man. I mean, it, the, the station wagon is just too specific to be lie. It has to be true. So I you, mean, right? you think this man's a leading Hollywood actor? What did you say? Hollywood? Is that what you said? Yeah. I'm a leading man in Hollywood. Oh, uh, there you go. That's, that's got it, right? I mean, that's a lie, right? I mean, his I nickname mean, is a Hollywood. I'm just a complete... I'm completely he is, here. I think, yeah, that, that is the lie, right? That is, that is the lie. That's but you're lie. an aspiring Hollywood actor. Sure. Yeah. And some like yeah. Amazon B yeah, side web, web shorts. Is that true? Web shorts. That's pretty cool. Yeah, I what? guess. <laughs> I, uh, How about you, Christian? I was I was pinned down while drunk and given a tattoo by a Navy SEAL. I lost my virginity at twelve, and I have a collection of cashmere sweaters. Okay, the cashmere uh, sweater—that's the truth. The other two—that's what mm, it comes down I to. I think I I I wait, what was what were they? Lost his virginity at twelve, and he got. Uh, held down and tattooed by a Navy SEAL while he's I drunk. I want that one to be true, but I feel like it's a lie. Oh, it's true. What so, is it? Uh, the 12, what is it? 12 year old virginity is, is the, is the uh, lie. I was 13. Oh, okay. <laughs> <laughs> wait, 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 wait. So what about the tattoo? Yeah, yeah. it's a true story. Where yeah, is it? I, 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 what is it? I don't wear underwear, otherwise I'd show it to you, but it's right <laughs> on my leg and it's uh, like these hatchets that a lot of SEALs carry around and it's like a friendship thing that they okay. give to people when they're We also like, learned that he doesn't wear underwear. Ooh, yeah. that's yeah, another yeah. truth. Yeah, yeah. Three truths in one lie. I did I, yeah. three lies yeah. and you, did, you actually, Josh, you did it right though. I, I did it right. I did it right. I did it right. <laughs> so I got another one. I got yeah. another one. This is a good one. Uh, I, I, got, I learned this one in college. So we're going to start out. I want you to say, what's, 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 do the two of you. And then uh, I guess I'll, I'll join in too, but uh, start out with uh, what was your least favorite chore growing up and why? And the and why is important because we'll come back to it. Oh, geez. So uh, for me, um, mowing the lawn. Mowing the lawn? Why? Yeah. Well, it was fucking huge. And I had us, we like illegally dumped all the grass in our swamp. Okay, cool. So cool, I felt like cool. I was committing crimes every time. All right, yeah. Mine's was uh, raking leaves and like bagging them up because you get a bunch of like little cuts on your wrist and it's just it's really uncomfortable. I didn't uh, I didn't do chores really growing up, uh, which is bad for character. Uh, <laughs> but uh, when I did do chores, I was at a, a great uncle's house and he used to make me mow. The mowing part I didn't mind; it was on a machine, so it was fun. But the infestation of bees in the in the in the garage was so incredible, and he would call me horrible words for being afraid of the bees. Okay. So I would leave this experience feeling like just the biggest piece of shit. So he didn't just take care of the bees. No, I don't, they didn't bother him. They didn't bother that, him. Okay, That's, so make sure y'all remember the why. Okay? Yeah. Because okay. now we're all going to go back and we're going to say, I hate sex because, and we're going to give the reason why we <laughs> hated those chores. What was my why? Because uh, it, it's too big? Yeah, it was too big. And you used to put all the grass in the swamp. <laughs> <laughs> what was yours? Uh, I hate sex because I hate getting those little cuts on your wrist and it's really uh, uncomfortable. I, I, I hate having sex because my great uncle is just always ridiculing me. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. Oh, man. Holy shit. So, so, so this kind of transitions into our, our next little bit here. Uh, you know, we've seen, uh, we see you recently, you know, post a story about how you love drinking at your parents' house. 
And a lot of your old content was done kind of like, it seemed like in your, your backyard mm -hmm. and stuff like that. And so the internet wants to know, do you still live with your parents? I mean, we kind of already know the answer. We already know the answer. I, so <laughs> I lived with my parents until like, like a year and a half ago. Oh, okay. So like, they're not that oh, far off. Really? Yeah. I lived in the attic. It was this awesome, you know, attic. It was super cool. Uh, I didn't, I didn't want to move. Uh, yeah. I, I, got, I got a girlfriend and I was like, ah, I should, I should move. So I, I moved out actually after our first date, yeah. I moved out. Ooh. Uh, yeah. Love will make it it's a hell of a drug it, huh? it's a hell of a drug so now she's never here so i'm just always alone <laughs> in this apartment you oh know, now you so got the dog with you so christian we also do some pre-game research on our subjects yes and i'll admit we may not be the most accurate or professional researchers right and we want to actually check our facts during the interview I love it's it. like an efficient thing right yeah. we thought that yeah. was the most efficient Way yeah. to conduct we'll just figure out what's true or not Let's as we yeah. go along. True or false, basically, is the next section. Yeah, 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 so, Josh, yeah. what did you find about Christian over here? Okay, yeah. So, the, okay, oh, Christian. Sorry, Christian. Uh, yeah. Uh, our research indicates that you're, you're very passionate about Breitling. So what is it about modern Breitling that, that gets you so captivated? Yeah, uh, so, okay, so uh, to take this question seriously for a second before I go into not serious, uh, I actually do like a couple of their watches. I love the Premier and Pistachio, and I love the Split Second in Blue. Fantastic watches. Uh, the brand is devoid of any identity. Uh, the brand is, is making a ton of money. God bless them. And they will inevitably be dumped for a huge you know, capital profit pretty soon. And, uh, and I couldn't care less about the brand. You know, it kind of like rises like when we were in New York a few months ago, we were at the big Breitling boutique and they had this like amazing display and it had like all of like the all wonderful, the perfect, wonderful models of vintage Breitlings. Yes. And then the horrible modern counterparts of them yeah. right oh next God. to them. Yeah, you're you, like, it, here's like what you missed day. out on. You know what Breitling reminds me of? You know, it, it's almost like the really good looking guy at the bar that has no game, right? Because their story <laughs> is awesome. <laughs> Right. Look at IWC. What's the IWC story? N nothing, nothing, Nazis, nothing, nothing, nothing. Right. So it's weird. Right. It's a tough story to tell. Uh, like a lot of brands. Langa. OK. Resurrection. But again, a lot of Nazis. The stories, their raw material are, isn't that great. Breitling is about, you know, competition, you know, often against oneself. It's about, you know, digging to the bottom and, of your stomach and just coming up with the best and becoming the best. Fantastic. Why can't they tell the story? Right. I'm a, I'm I'm five nine. I don't I'm not that good looking, but I've got game, you know, and Breitling doesn't have it. Whereas some of my buddies, they're six one. They're super handsome. They're in great shape. I wear sweaters. They don't even have to wear shirts. Right. <laughs> but but I'm the one. Yeah, but I'm the one that doesn't have like nothing behind the eyes, you know, so that's how I look at Breitling. So we'll call that one like half. Half true. A lot, lot of passion true. there. Love yeah. hate relationship. Yeah. That's love a little it. half. true. I love them. They hate me. That's, yeah. <laughs> yeah. I like that. Uh, all right. We got another fact check. Yep. Uh, this one our, our intern did. Mm. Um, he's he thinks that you traded a '67 London Cartier crash for a modern day solid gold Breitling Chronomat. <laughs> okay, again, half true. Uh, Whoa. No, Whoa. No, I I sold a 1991 Cartier crash during COVID for uh, I think I made I think I made 50 like I made double double my money. You know, I think I made, Ooh, like, yeah. I made like 40 grand. You that's know, the, and I was super happy. I sold it for eighty thousand dollars, and today they're worth two hundred and forty thousand. And that was just a year and a half ago. So you, you still I'm came out the ahead. biggest asshole in the entire world. But hey, you still made. That's a everyone always. Yeah, thanks, Dick. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> you can't. You can't Come tell. Back to the not quarter of a million. I, I, you I, can't I, tell. I, I you can't tell. Right now, you know. But then you bought the Chronomat after that. Yeah. <laughs> You've got this kind of like hate for 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 Breitling, which I think people know. But uh, you got a big love for Cartier. It sounds like. 
like what what if you had a grail Cartier, what would it be? And like, what is it about Cartier that does it for you? Oh, geez. I mean, so the the grail would be a crash. It would be an original crash. Uh, you know, the the the, the larger model. Um, the, the Paris I didn't I didn't love because of, of its size. And I love small watches. I'm wearing a small watch, you know. But I actually found it actually too small. Um, but so it would be a crash. That being said, I think the most one of the most interesting Cartiers of all time was um, they used to make the Cintre in sterling silver. And that mm. is just so, first of all, it's a watch that they rarely made. And then they made it in a metal that they no longer make watches in. How yeah. fucking cool is that? Although we did true. get a sterling silver Tudor. I guess it's not sterling, but I, I love that. Yeah. I love that watch. That's great. Great watch. I wish it had a bracelet. Yeah, that would be cool. What type of watch guy are you? Okay, watch guy, am I? Uh, I mean, I'm definitely, yeah, I'm, I'm clearly a vintage. I only have like one modern watch. Is that the Pepsi? Uh, the Pepsi I just got, yep. Uh, love that watch. No, I'm, I'm, a, I'm a vintage, small, you know, dress watch guy. I mean, you know, the only watches I saw as a kid were those watches. All my uncles, you know, they, they only wore small gold watches. That was what a gentleman wore, mm -hmm. and they just never up their style. They just stayed in 1965. Mm -hmm. So when I was a kid, they still wore slacks on a Wednesday and they still wore dress shoes and they still wore silk, you know, uh, 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 polos, you know, and they wore vintage Piaget's. So I that's like, what I thought cool was. I feel like those watches probably meant something more to them too, right? Like usually you get them as a gift or to commemorate something more yeah, than you would today, I think it was maybe. also like a cultural thing. Did you guys watch like Mad Men and everything? Okay, so so obviously Don Draper represented that that era of, of gentlemen in America and then did kind of poorly once the 70s hit. Those guys buckled down yeah. in Bensonhurst and Bath Beach and said, fuck you hippies and you Wall Street jerk-offs. Go buy whatever fucking garbage you want. We're sticking right over here without with our Piaget's, and that was a that was a matter of a cultural stand. Then they all moved to the suburbs, but you know they still, they still <laughs> yeah, dress yeah, like yeah, that. Yeah, though, yeah, you yeah. know. So, so what would you say your spirit watch is? Like, what if there was a watch that embodied you? What do you, what do you think it would be? Oh, geez, a watch that embodied me. I, I, I would have loved if I was quicker with a joke there. I was trying to think, you know, I was trying to think of something funny. I, um, I don't know. I have a watch. I think that I, I am far more likely to, to uh, build my personality around a watch than a watch is likely to build its design around me, you know? So, you know, it's kind of the opposite. Okay. okay. Right. How about for us? What do you think our spirit watches are? Um, John Mayer G-Shock. Uh, oh, okay. <laughs> interesting. That's, a, I don't, All right. that's an interesting one. Yeah. What a prick. Yeah. 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 I don't know. What does Steve Aoki wear? I don't know. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Long hair Asian dude. What's that? <laughs> I know how to party, though. I know how to party. Uh, yeah. You know, I don't know. Uh, I mean, I could really see you in a yellow gold day date. I mean, I really Ooh, could. Yeah. That's probably 36. the most dignified response he's got to that question. 36 millimeter vintage watch, you know, uh, Uncle Buck style, oh. you know. I mean, that's... Heard before Big Bang. Big yeah. Bang. Big no, bang. come on. Yeah. Your hair's too conservative. You know, you're not you don't look like a jerk off. Today. Yeah, yeah, today. Just get him drunk and then we'll we'll see. <laughs> okay, so being that this is literally the last day of 2022, I have to Jeez. ask, what was your most notable watch purchase of this year? And what's gonna be your next most notable watch purchase purchase of 2023? Great question. Um what does notable mean? It's tough. I mean, like I really have been looking for a yellow gold Cartier Carré, uh, the Gordon Gecko watch from Wall Street. I love that watch. I've been looking for it for years. Um, they're very hard to find. They're also expensive. So I never I, the, the 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 fact that I was able to get one this year was um, it was like a treasure hunt like victory more than it was a monetary thing. I was really really happy and proud that I got it. Um, I mean, I bought the GMT. It was more money. You know, and I love it. 
but um, you know, but that's and it's, it's, I love that watch for a different reason. But the but the Cartier was definitely the you know, wow, I can't believe I actually found that thing, and it's unpolished. It's fucking perfect. So how about yeah. for next year? Next year, I really don't. I, I'm not looking at any expensive watches. I mean, rel talking relatively speaking, yeah, uh, yeah. for next year. I, I mean, I'm, I'm sure I will end up because the funny thing about you know, particularly if you're into vintage, you never know what you're going to find. And then when you find it, you have to yeah, you have to buy it. But my philosophy is I have to buy it. And then if I want to sell it, I sell it. Um, but I have to buy it because it's here. You know, I'll show you guys some stuff later. But I found this Ooh, remarkable nice. paddock Tiffany ellipse with its original Tiffany box. It's fucking this, this stuff's crazy. How do you not buy it when it comes across the desk? Yeah. Yeah. If you want to sell it later, sell it later. But just to be able to hold it, examine it, say, wow, I can't believe this is in my hand. And its original strap is untouched. What, what did they do to this watch? No one ever wore it. It's fucking cool, man. We're, and we're going to get into yeah. that whole sourcing question later. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Even so, though I want to jump into that, let's, let's yeah. have some patience with that one because that it's probably can go on for like an hour of what cool stuff he's found. Hopefully. Yeah. yeah. In addition to some research, we have a friend that works at Google and he allowed us to peek at your browser search history. Oh, could you imagine? And, and I noticed oh in your search history. For a second, I thought you were serious. <laughs> oh, my God. And I, I, we noticed in your search history the terms Teddy Baldassar and Network came up <laughs> 10 times in the last month. Who is Teddy and what's your obsession with him? I saw that on like some watch page and I started crying. Like, That's brilliant. <laughs> that was brilliant. Um, yeah, Teddy's a good guy. Are you friends with the teddy bear? Uh, no, no, not at all. But, but when I see him at an event, we're super nice. I, I think that we both have an agreement that if we are at the same event, we'll sit next to each other because we have a lot of similarities and things like that. But like I said before, for. I really okay. don't keep in touch with anyone in the watch industry. Do you have any like no no and no watch industry enemies or 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 rivals or anything oh, like I have that? A thousand. Oh yeah. Well, that's the thing you yeah. did mention in a previous interview that, um, and I think this is something your uncle taught you is that you like having enemies to rally your business around. Uh, yeah. Is that still kind of like? Well, it was actually you... it was my, my, it was actually my dad. Oh, your dad. He, okay. My dad uh, was. You know what they they hired like corporate you know sales training people, mm -hmm. you know, oh, whatever. And there was this guy, Jim Craig, who was the goalie for the 1980 Miracle on Ice, you know, hockey mm -hmm. team. And they did like, he did a whole like week immersive thing with my dad's company. Uh, not that my dad owned it, my dad was an employee. And uh, he was talking about the importance of an enemy, uh, real or imagined. And yeah. I said, okay. So my dad like took that and brought yeah. it home. My dad was already Went a pretty angry it. guy, but <laughs> I definitely <laughs> pushed him over the edge, you know? So, so if you could hang out with one person from horology, you know, history, present, whatever. Uh, who, who would it be, and, and what what do you think you guys would be doing? Good question. Oh, geez. So it comes down to like, do I want to pick the brain of someone, or do I want to have a lot of fun? Whatever, where wherever you, you know, want to take it. Yeah. yeah, that's a good question. Jeez. With the with with the stipulation that they know that I that, that anything they say will remain private. Ooh, with okay. the stipulation that because if, if someone knows me they'll trust that it will remain private but if they don't know me they're just going to give the same bullshit spiel they always give um it would either be R.O. box or john goldberger mm, a little, little inside baseball i think that they would have a lot of baseball, yeah. very interesting things to say that they would never say to the public ever, yeah we've heard some stories about some of the auction houses so i think that yeah. would be interesting because because you go to like antiquorum and and everyone knows that they're scumbags so it's not even that interesting oh, whereas uh, with yeah. rl box this is a leader of the industry a titan who's done a million great things but i'm sure he's i'm sure i'm more than yeah. sure he's aware of some very Sketchy. very dark secrets uh, yeah, yeah, whether yeah, he yeah. was a conspirator in them or not is different yeah, you know yeah. but he could probably tell me some juicy stories 
Yeah. That's a good that's, that's a, good a good one. one. It also corroborates some things that we've heard. Oh yeah, yeah. it does. Yeah. We've heard some firsthand accounts yeah. of uh, of one of those uh auction houses. Yeah, yeah. We don't want the auction house mob to break anyone's knees. Yeah, we though. don't want to get served papers either. So Jeez, what a mess. So who's the most popular person in your phone? And can you call them right now to ask if they want to be on our show? Because we're looking for our next guest after this. In the watch industry? Sure. Anyone. Yeah. No, anyone. 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 Uh that's a good question. I promise I'll give you guys your ne- uh, next question. Or are person. you the most popular no, person? No, 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 no. That- people are weird, though. People are weird. You know, like, just the same way, you know, you said you never want to get paper. People are weird. People, yeah. people are odd, you know? Okay. We are. Yeah, so yeah, yeah, we're fucking yeah, yeah. weird as We've shit. Got, I've, got, I've met some absolutely bizarre fucking uber famous, uber rich people that I'm like, wow, you are deeply, deeply troubled. <laughs> you have serious <laughs> issues. Oh my God. <laughs> okay, let's jump to your formative years. Yes. In college, you did Christian studies. Yep. Catholic yeah. studies. Catholic studies. Sorry. Is that because you want to become God one day? <laughs> well, I'm, if you're going to model yourself after somebody, you know. That's <laughs> no. a good person. Yeah. That, was, that was an old Woody yeah, Allen yeah, joke. Yeah, yeah. Uh, uh, yeah no. <laughs> I, I studied religion because I, uh, I wanted to be a lawyer, and that, that scored very well on the LSAT, that, that, that major. And so why start a successful watch dealing business that brings in millions a year? Why not attend law school to become a public defender and be like 200K in debt? I actually dated a lot of girls in that same exact situation. Yeah, oh, man. Yeah, 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 it's bad. So mm-hmm. then when, you know, when they come home for the holidays, you know, it's always like, tell me about your life. I'm like, it's great. Are you yeah. kidding me? <laughs> so in all seriousness, we did do some deep research to provide color for this interview. And we actually spoke with Professor Ignis? Inez. Inez. Sorry, I'm, I'm uncultured. I'm an idiot. And she had some remarkable things to say about you. And I quote, yes, Christian Zerone, 2016, is one of my best students, incredibly innovative, curious, and with multi-layered interest for business and the Western intellectual tradition and thought. Christian won the first place of the Stillman School of Business Pirates Pitch 2016 for his startup company, Theon Harris, and was named the audience choice for the most popular finalist business idea. Pirates Pitch is the Stillman School's version of Shark Tank, and he was the first humanities student to win. So how did it feel to mop the floor with the business bros of your school? Oh, it was fucking great. You know what the best part was? That last minute, uh, because though that third place as well, that was an audience choice, right? So the fucking, the, the business school jerk off professors blasted out, to, to keep it outside of the room, blasted out to the whole school to start going online and voting. And I said, you fucking scumbag, crony capitalist oh, motherfuckers. <laughs> so I texted all my frat friends and yeah. they blasted oh, it out. And all man. Alpha Cairo delivered it to me, baby. Oh, nice. so, so, first did, place is on merit, third place, I, third place they started to steal, so I stole it. Yeah, Hell fuck yeah. them. So did yeah. You, how, how'd you celebrate the big victory and, and were the business bros invited? Uh, yeah, fuck yeah. <laughs> Henny on me, you know. Oh, right, the basketball right. team was there too. <laughs> yeah. Nice. So this is a great transition to start talking about Theo and Harris, the business. But before we do, I want to say a few words from our sponsor. Today, we thank Brick Watch Company for sponsoring (laughs) today's episode. Brick has introduced record-breaking value proposition watches with breathtaking design and signature taste. The Cringe loves Brick Watch Co., and so should you. Get your brick on at your local TJ Maxx. Oh, did you see the Christmas video he just released? Like, no. You, oh, no. it was so pathetic. So it was like two days, like December 23rd or something. He posted a video on Instagram saying, 
I'm literally gonna sign, I'm gonna write a fucking poem to whoever orders one of these fucking watches and you're gonna get the watch with a poem handwritten from me Hand, uh, before Christmas, it was so pathetic. Was that the one where he's at the skate shop and he's trying That's to mail them out? I think like we saw he was trying to mail them out. Yeah, at, the, I at a see, skate shop. Yeah, I didn't see the poem thing. He posted some other video someone sent us and it was like, he's like, I'm at a fucking skate shop and I'm waiting for the FedEx guy. I got a million fucking packages. They got to call a new truck. And I wrote, my hand is fucking sore from writing all these fucking poems. poems. Yeah. That's just not true. And he's like, yeah, totally we're going to build this brick by brick. Brick by brick, oh baby. Oh, my God. How sad. I mean, I'm, I don't feel bad for him, obviously. Oh, he's going to make a shitload uh, of money. He's fucking yeah. hand, <laughs> like, yeah, hand he, already, he already has made a shitload of money. So. Oh, yeah. I mean, the dude has killed it with, with yeah. what's it called. But he'll, he'll take a bath on these, right? I mean, he has oh, to. Yeah. I mean, come on. You, you sell know? one watch that pays for like the whole, yeah. the whole <laughs> lot of them. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So part two, let's talk Theo and Harris, the meat and potatoes of the episode. Christian, you started Theo and Harris during your time at Seton Hall. You were 19 years old, and your mom started pushing you to get a job. And what transpired was the creation of, of a business plan that won you that Pirates Pitch Award. What started off as a school project took off astronomically. How gratifying was it to see a project you dreamt up in college actually take off? It's incredible. I mean, and I'll like, to be totally like honest, I can count on one hand how many times over the last seven years... It's really felt incredible. Like, you know what I mean? Like maybe one time before Christmas, like four years ago, like having a drink with my dad, just finished up the PL for the month. And I was like, wow, this is amazing, you know? But that's like one time. Like it's it's really like it's not uh it it, it should be like a great story. It's a great story. But even like other it's just it doesn't Maybe you guys can relate. I mean, what 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 really tastes that as good as it sounds? It might taste. You know what I mean? Like, who has that that wisdom to like always understand how incredible what's going on? You know, that's you know what I mean. That's like the deep answer, but it's true. Like, I yeah, I'm I'm very happy. I'm a happy guy. Like, it's a great business. I'm very lucky. Um, but you know, I don't know. It's it doesn't register always. It's not that cool in my mind. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. Like I could, I could have way more money if I like doing less, if I just like invested in crypto, like and then pulled out. <laughs> well, like, I, no, at you the right time. You, you, you don't know. You could have way less if you invest in crypto, depending. <laughs> but you know what I mean? It's like, wow, like what a bizarre age, you know, what a bizarre, not age to be at, meaning era of time, you know, all these other guys plugged in and made tens of millions and I've been busting my ass for seven years. You know what I mean? I do very well, but it's not even close. You know, it's. It's wild. I mean, it's an, it's a pretty incredible story. I think like doing like getting ready for the interview and looking in, into you guys and what you did, uh, it, it is pretty impressive. I mean, like Thank a lot you. of folks tend to have the idea of like, oh, he, he, you know, his parents helped him buy into this company or yeah, something like they that. They wish. Uh, <laughs> yeah, they, I, yeah. My, my parents are incredible, but no, they didn't give me a dollar for the company. They didn't. Yeah. Did so, you get anything from the pirates pitch or? Yeah, that... I won. I won sixty five hundred bucks. Oh, nice. Uh, so okay. I started the business with with ninety three hundred, uh, which was like money I'd save from like birthdays and then some babysitting, and uh, and then I won the sixty five hundred, and that's it. Like, it's so it's really all mine. Like you know, which is crazy. It's very cool. You know. So let's talk basic stats of the business too. So you mentioned two to three, or I mentioned two to three million of revenue, and I got that from previous interviews. So yeah. I don't know how accurate that is, but. 
Is that purely watch sales or is that also advertisement no, from your YouTube? That was purely watch sales at the time. And, and the reason why that number varied so much was because if I went partners on a, you know, Nautilus at the time, you know, for 80,000 that, you know, so then, so then it sounds like you made another hundred grand, but I really only made five. So, so it was very misleading, you know? Um, but no, the, the bulk of our business, the, like the, the reliable $2 million, uh, as opposed to the next million, which was kind of a little bit of fluff, a lot of flipping, like super high end watches that you don't really make a lot of money on. Like the net profit um, is Exactly. Not, yeah. the, the real money was made in that first 1.5 to 2 million. Uh, that's where the business is built. So how many watches do you do you sell a year? I mean, it depends. Like this year, I, I I couldn't even make up a number. I have no idea. It wasn't as many. I started an ad agency this year, and that agency did incredibly well. Um, but I I pulled away from from generating the content that was responsible for selling the most watches. But this year, now we hired more people, and now we'll be doing that content again. Um, and it's great. I can't wait to sell more watches. It's, it's fantastic. Do you, um, do you see a slowdown coming at all? I know you said you, you sold a no, few, but it sounds like you did something else. No, I, I really, I mean, I don't. Maybe that's optimistic bias, but I've handled my business that way forever. You know. Now, okay, uh, would I be investing a fortune into inventory right now? No. But I have so much inventory that I would, I could outlast the winter for two years. You know, it wouldn't matter. You're like a watch squirrel, just squirrel yeah. away those. But that, and that's how I. That's honestly how. Like that was the reason why we ended up making really good money in those first five years because I literally just kept buying because I was afraid of the day that it sounds funny. I mean, but I was afraid of the day that, there, that the watches would be dry. Mm -hmm. And so I would buy everything. You know, I never really had more than, you know, let's say 50 or $60,000 in, in the bank account, uh, the business account, but I would have, you know, multiples and multiples and multiples of that in inventory at numbers that I thought were safe. And that was true. So you just stash them around Westfield, kind of yeah, you know, no, dig I, a little hole. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I, 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 there are watches in safety deposit boxes that have, uh, never i mean haven't been opened in four years oh, uh, man. Uh, side, little sidebar i am fucking lit right now did you put like ghb in this <laughs> fucking drink i am feeling super drunk he, he gave us like six we he Holy was like you guys shit. want a drink we're like yeah sure why not right let's get a negroni we started off with water yeah. i think was yeah, the yeah, choice yeah, 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 yeah. and then we're like oh maybe coffee oh okay yeah let's get a negroni well, he, said, yeah. he said he said well i'm gonna have a drink so you know we you know went in rome yeah, yeah exactly he poured us like 16 ounce negroni well, that's, that's lunch at the zerons they're, de <laughs> they're, de they're delicious though by the way Mac yeah. master mixologist yeah actually, to add that's to pretty his, thank uh, you very much. Uh, lengthy great. list thank of accolades you. there's got to be a lot that goes into kind of like filling your store with watches it sounds like you, you, you you've like you said, you've got a huge inventory. You've been all over the place trying to pick things up. Uh, seeing as how we are watch cringe, we are uh, a little bit more interested in the cringy side of things. So, so what is the most cringy watch you've come across in your 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 dumpster diving for for vintage watches? I mean, that's a good question. Again, looking at what 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 direction do I want to take with cringe? You know, uh, there have been some terrible. Like, I don't want to be cliche and say like say like, you know, uh, Frank Mueller, you know, but uh, those can be kind of cringy. Um, but, but I guess like some of the redials that I've seen can, are just super cringy. Like they didn't even try. It's just Omega spelled with crayon on a dial. <laughs> and, I, and someone's like, look, it's my grandfather's watch. Yeah. I'm like, your grandfather's an idiot. You know, why is it always an Omega that has blind. the worst redial Did your grandfather too? lose his eyesight in Vietnam? That's <laughs> horrible. <laughs> It's horrible watch. And I'm like, that's incredible. And they said, can you find me a new dial? And I'm like, do you know how much 
time that would take? Do you know how much money you would need to pay me? Hey, the dial's we, only worth 400 bucks. Just we go got find a guy who they, has they, a stash of vintage Omega dials. So if you ever need you one, we can, we can hook you up. There you go. Does he sell them? Uh, yeah. Well, I could use a couple. When I say a couple, I think like three. So you got three heartbreaks. I mean, because these kids, they're coming to you with, uh, oh, my grandpa's thing, and then you got to break their heart. Like, dude, it's, it, this is not like you can just go get a replaced part. Like, horrible. You got to source so it. so sad. Right? Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. Do and they, they cry? Uh, um, you know, I had a guy, it's a true story. <laughs> I had a guy come to, come, come in, meet, uh, and... We had a great time, great lunch. He was totally fanboying, uh, which was funny because at the time we only we didn't have any subscribers. So he was just like fan. He was probably fanboying over the fact that like he found someone else that loved watches. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like yeah, that, yeah, and, you know, yeah. that like first time you meet someone else that has a common interest, whatever. And uh, he told me about how meaningful this Omega was to him. True story. And I said, that's an incredible watch. Black, you know, gilt dial, fantastic Omega, Seamaster, phenomenal watch. Two weeks later, he's like, hey, can we meet up again? I was like, I'm a little bit busy. Like, you want to meet up in like maybe another month? You know, I can't, I don't, I don't have time to meet up every three weeks, you know? And he's like, well, it's kind of important. I was like, all right. He's like, I need to sell this watch. <laughs> I'm like, but it's your grandfather. You cried about it last time we met. And he's like, uh, no, I got to get rid of it. And I was like, well, do you need money? Like, do you need like, because it's only worth, let's say 600 bucks at the time. I said, I'll give you the 600 bucks, like it's, like on a loan. Like, I, you know, I, I don't want to take your grandfather's watch. I feel bad, you know? Uh, and he was like, yeah, I, honestly, I don't think it really meant that much to him anyway. I'm like, what oh, the wow. fuck? What the fuck? So you, you were here trying to take you, take him under your wing and like, yeah, like get him right. going. So who's buying this stuff from you? Christian, who's buying your watches? Are retail your... clients? I mean, you know, really, you know, YouTube is the main driver of, of retail sales. Uh, Instagram's a great tool, you know, but uh, but YouTube, it, it's tough to sell. So if you post a watch on Instagram, it will sell because of, I mean, the, the number of likes. You're, you're only you're only raising awareness about a watch. It's very difficult to storytell in one minute video or through a caption, which I don't really like to write. So YouTube, you've got a captive audience, people that are ready to sit down, pour mm -hmm. a drink at the end of a Friday and listen to you talk for an hour. I could sell you a watch in an hour, but over an Instagram post, it was more about awareness. So I was hoping that we could get you to the, either sell, either sell you on YouTube or get you to the finish line. And then tomorrow afternoon when you're at lunch and someone posts a photo of that watch, you're reminded from the YouTube and then yeah, you buy yeah, it. Yeah, yeah. So that's the, you know, it's like, it's like Instagram was like the remarketing tool, you know? That's how I looked at it. So for you, what is, what is kind of like the worst customer that you got? You can, you can, you know, we encourage you to use real examples and name names and all yeah. that stuff. And like but shipping addresses. You can give us a, customer. A, a hypothetical of like, what is, what is, what, what is the person you do not want to see? Click on the Theo and Harris webpage. Uh, yeah. I mean, uh, you mean like ethnic background? No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> no, Whoa. I'm just kidding. No, no, no. Uh, no, for me, it's, it's, uh, it's, you know, the sort of guy that I might want to sit down and talk about watches with for an hour can often be a terrible client because he is really, he wants to Nitpicky. ask a million questions. Yeah. And I, you know, I kind of tell people sometimes it's like, we're a great retail store. It's a, it's a, you know, you know, your money's always safe. Like if, if you have a problem with the watch, we'll just give you your money back. It doesn't, I don't care. Right. Like a lot of, and, that, and, that, and that's not a compliment to me. That's really a more of a dig at other retailers that are holding on to your money for your yeah, life. Yeah, yeah. You know, keep in mind, our inventory is also on the small side, 15,000 and below, generally speaking. The other guys, you know, when you wire someone 50K, you better fucking hope that their character is good because if a problem comes up, they may not have that 50K to refund you in, yeah, in a yeah, month yeah. or so. You know what I mean? So, so for us, you know, I'm looking for, I mean, ideal client. Very cool, casual dude that likes a date just or or loves a jumbo tutor or wants a 
good sub and uh, is not looking for a berth here, isn't looking to for a particular shade of tritium. It's like, dude, this is what we got. You know, this is what we got. We're not Costco. This is a, you know, this is a much different sort of business. Um, I love you. I'd love to have a drink with you, but I cannot spend, you know, 30 minutes a day for six days in a row talking to you about a watch. So if you get like a, a, some nerd like sends you like, hey, uh, can you throw this on a wishy machine and and tell me uh, where yeah. it's adjusted? Yeah. And then the other, yeah, the other thing is, is even like the, the fucking photos. Can you send me photos in, in different lighting? I'm like, well, the watch is at the bank. <laughs> so I need to go to the bank. And meanwhile, our photographer- Doesn't the website have totally like professional. It's professional, not, like and everything. And always a, a natural lighting photo as well. Is it kind so of like, like a the security is, thing? Like, oh, let me make sure you have it or something? Like, maybe. What the fuck? I'm like, dude, the watch is at the bank. Okay, It's not like fine. it's Facebook. I'm not going to But the today. bank is below you. Yeah, but it's not just this one. Like, yeah, they're, they're, yeah. they're you know, okay. it's all, I'm like, I gotta go, I gotta go fucking get this thing. So they're like, get it. I want you to go like write your name on a piece of paper with the date, and then yeah. you send it to them, and they're like, "Who the fuck is Christian?" Yeah. Do you, do you, oh, did you ever so... post on a watch exchange on Reddit? No, no, no. We're 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 because you started we, you before know, we sell that. Retail. Though. You started before the whole watch exchange. Anyways. Yeah, I, I've never been a Reddit guy. I mean, mm. the only time I've ever gone into Reddit is like if someone's got a bad like a thread that's making fun of me, I'll I'll chime in and make fun of me with them. You yeah, know what yeah, I mean? Yeah, like yeah. that's it. You know. So so what's the best customer then? I think we we probably kind of yeah, know, the best, right? Yeah, the best customer is a you know is a hobbyist that you know is fairly easy you know, fairly easily parted with their money like I am. Like, that's how I am. When I walk into a store, I don't ask a million questions. I'm like, oh, this is a cool product. Like, yeah. it's all kosher? They're like, yeah. And that's not that's not to say that, okay, I'll go into Barney's, for argument's sake. Barney's is closed, I think, in the city. But if you go into Barney's, I will buy a pair of shoes without asking a million questions. Would I buy a watch there? No, right? But I know that this is the product that they are selling that I trust. Same thing. You come to this site, you're going to buy a Rolex Explorer, you don't need to ask me a million questions about it. It's what we sell. You, you, you see my point, you know, so when I'm buying luxury items, I'm a very easygoing buyer. And I, yeah, I generally like to find those guys as well, generally speaking. <clears throat> so with the volume of watches that you have, it's, it's incredible that you're doing this with, the, with a small team. I think your team is like five people. Yeah. Yeah. And your employees seem happy, but I'm curious what your employees actually think of you. Have you ever thought about going on undercover boss to get the truth? You can mustache on, but you're gonna hire me as an intern, and, yeah. I'll, and I'll get the facts for you. Yeah, exactly, facts. exactly, exactly. <laughs> that would be funny. I, I, I pretty much know what everyone would say. Oh, <laughs> you know, all right, good all right. and bad. Good so, and bad. Your, your mom works for the store as well. My mom runs the office, so oh, runs she all the runs money of it, runs the shipping, runs all, you know everything. Is that ever like a weird dynamic? Like you flip the script and you're like, I'm the boss now. R r rarely, but sometimes. Like rarely, I'm like, okay, stop, stop with your nonsense. I love you. <laughs> but Okay. Sometimes, like she'll she'll uh, ask me, or she wants she'll want to vent to me, like mother to son, not like employee to yeah, employer, yeah, 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 about yeah. a client. <laughs> and I'm like, hey, hey, I love you so much. I literally pay you, so I never need to know about this. <laughs> I don't want to know. You guys, you guys air it out over the uh, Thanksgiving table at all, or anything uh, like that? Uh, no, no, no. Yeah, my mom knows that she's Good boundaries. My, you, yeah. Your dad gets involved in the business with the YouTube, but not. Yeah, but that's. I mean, that's just purely entertainment. Yeah, my dad entertainment does not get involved in, in the, the operations at all. of the business. No. Okay. So he's 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 talent. My dad's talent. All yeah. right. Yeah, exactly. So we wanted to know about the. Uh, 
the corporate policies of your business and what's the work home work from home policy um what's the benefits like the 401k the healthcare what are your thoughts on employees unionizing yeah, do, you, do, you, do you give people snacks yeah listen uh, uh we're, we're, a, we're a brooklyn-based family in the union uh, you're gonna be met with maybe a not a gentle hand you know if they start to unionize let's just uh, yeah <laughs> You know, you ever hear Jimmy Hoffa? <laughs> you, know, it's, you know, no, I mean, um, uh, they're all happy. You know, I, happy. I, I'm, I, I am, I, I really like to, I, I really take a lot of pride in the fact that, um, yes, when the work is really hard, I know it's very hard and there's not, it's, it is what it is. Yeah. But generally speaking, um, when it's not an extreme circumstance, I want you to just have the most awesome life. You know, my Michael, I, you know, I coordinate with his, his girlfriend lives in Denmark and I coordinate with her when she's going to visit to surprise him. You know, uh, if he can take off on a Friday, that's fantastic. I hope he does. You know, I mean, you know, it's, it's same thing for everybody. You know, I want to be the, 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 the easiest the easiest guy to work with. I would be very concerned if my boss was corresponding with my girlfriend. Yeah, that's, that's funny. <laughs> True. So being a boss probably has its perks, right? You can set your own schedule, expense yes. whatever you want. You can get the intern to get you coffee. And most, like, above anything else, you have a good answer to the question of what do you do for work? Because you can say that you're a CEO of a 2 to $3 million yeah. business and that you have the power to withhold healthcare from any employees that want to unionize. <laughs> That's God. You know? yeah. Uh, yeah, I mean, it's funny. When, when the company was still like really small uh, and girls would ask, so what do you do? I was always like, embarrassed to say like I have a watch shop, yeah. you know? Uh, honestly, like obviously we went, we diversified into ads. Uh, and a lot of the reason was for money, for sure, and, and it does very well. But the larger reason was really so I could stop selling. I said yeah. I sell watches. Do you, do you refer it. to yourself as CEO? No, no. no. I say partner a lot. Uh, yeah, I have an ad firm, and when some, I'm a partner in an ad firm, and it seems a lot larger. Even my business cards, it says partner, partner, partner. So I you, heard. Well, you know, I I heard you once mention business cards as being trashy. You oh, have business maybe. cards. Yeah, I have business cards now. Yeah. A lot of, yeah, I do. So you mentioned in a previous interview that you were fired from yeah. two retail stores right before launching the Theo and yes. Harris journey. Both are right here. Yeah, is that why you live right with here. your parents for so long? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> no, I live with my parents for so long because I have an unhealthy dependency on my parents. Uh, <laughs> um, but no, uh, so you know what's funny? Between Christmas and New Year's, I've slept at my parents' house Five, four or five times. Oh this man, week. you guys yeah. must have been getting wasted. Yeah, well, well that's what happened. Like white girl wasted. Hang style. out. Yeah. My dad and I open up great wine. We drink. We watch a movie. We bullshit. And then I'm like, I can't go home. And he's like, go crash in the bedroom. Yeah. You know, it's, it's my, my childhood bedroom Your is sheets the guest are still room. there. It's, it's yeah. nice that so. he hasn't turned it into like a model train yard or something. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. Um, so being fired was the catalyst, though, to start your own business. And I'm impressed that you've led this team from its inception without a partner. However, in an earlier interview, you alluded to how you originally sought out a partner, but that idea ended with a quote-unquote argument, presumably with a potential partner. Can you give us the dirty details of that falling yeah, out? Yeah, yeah sure. You don't have to name no, names, no, 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 but no, we strongly fine. encourage yeah, you. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's fine, yeah. Um, long story short, uh, anyone who has been in business for themselves uh, knows that it's a very lonely experience. It's very lonely and you would love to have someone to do it with. Um, but unless one plus one equals three, you can't, right? Period end. And, and, and be, being lonely is not a good enough reason to have a partner. 
Okay. So uh, I, I, I was speaking to someone that I wanted to start the company with. And the terms were basically, I'll put up all the money. I put up my birthday money. The person was actually significantly older than I was too. Uh, I'm sure he had more money than I did. Um, it was, you know, my concept, but it wasn't very unique. So I wouldn't take ownership over the concept, but I take ownership over the, the, over the, the seed capital and over the organization of the business, right? Uh, getting the website up and, and all that stuff, all, sourcing all the inventory. And the delegation of responsibility was uh, that he would need to maintain an active uh, uh, social profile, right? Uh, Instagram at the time. And then as the company grew, it, it would, that would also be a role at the other social platforms. And um, he was lying about doing it. Uh, and I said, this was three weeks into this exploratory, you know, partnership, exploratory relationship that would at some point equal partnership investing into a worthless company, mind you. Uh, and I said three weeks in, I said, if you're lying three weeks in over dollars, how are you gonna handle millions of dollars? Uh, you're fired and that's it. I took termination with cause. Do you see yourself ever like picking up a, a partner in the future maybe, or, or is it kind of kind of staying no, the way it is? No, no, no. I mean, at my ad firm, at my ad firm, I could see, I could see picking up another partner. Uh, Michael's a partner in that firm as well. Um, I could see picking up another partner that you know, that, that had really deep, you know, connections, uh, on the business development end. What decisions have turned out to be winning changes for the TNH team? Well, two things. And they're both the same, really. Uh, it was in the metal, uh, in the metal was an online series. It was a YouTube series that was super targeted. It was not popular, um, by the stats, but it was super deep. Um, the people that would watch it, yeah, if our normal audience was 10,000 people in a video, In the Metal would get 4,000 views. But it didn't matter because it was our most profitable series. Uh, people would sit there and watch and just buy fucking watches, man. It was the best. It was the fucking best. And when did you start that series? That was, oh, they put a number, I mean, probably two years into the business. Mm -hmm. And that's when the business started taking off. Um, and then I took that same, that's where I learned to storytell, learned to write, learned to write you know, from, it's not creative because creative, creative doesn't have to have a purpose. It was, it was, you know, it was, it was, it was to sell shit. I learned how to sell yeah, shit, yeah, you yeah. know? And then I took that scale and then started making commercials for the big brands like Omega. And that was our first one. And yeah. This business is not just a shop though. It's a content generating powerhouse. You have nearly 30 million views on YouTube and put out several videos a week. Do you have any groupies? Um, yeah. Oh yeah. We have groupies. What's your best fan experience? Oh my God. <laughs> oh geez. Oh <laughs> God. Um, I'll tell you this. I tell you that for a long stretch in my life while I was dating, um, I would very intentionally, cause I'm not famous by any such of the imagination, but if you, if I'm in a, in a financial area, in a corporate area around happy hour, the odds of a watch YouTuber getting recognized like myself are very high. So I would tell girls to meet me downtown, like in the financial district at around, around five o'clock. And I was a fucking celebrity. That's a know? pretty skeezy move. And, <laughs> and I was like, I'm, I was like, I'm so sorry. I, this happens sometimes. It's so silly. Wow. You know? okay. This is, this is the game he was talking. So, about. When, I, so when I tell, when I tell my fans, when I tell my fans, you don't know what you mean to me. They don't know what they mean to me. <laughs> yeah, you're just here to pick up chicks. <laughs> so, so the, the flip I'm side. I'm here for the booze and the women. The flip side of that, uh, uh, what what is the like worst cringiest fan experience? Uh, I, I I I've had I mean 
you know, borderline stalkers. Oh, <laughs> really? Fuck, are you serious? Yeah, wow. Yeah. Like the watcher. Uh, I actually, I, I couldn't even get into it. I mean, one of them ended in like a, Oh my God, man. I, oh, I was bad. So bad. Like a restraining guy order. A gun, guy pulled a gun out of a restaurant. Wow. You pulled a gun out. A guy did. A oh, guy a guy did. pulled a gun out on you. No, not on me. On the person I was with. Um, You're fucking yeah. kidding me. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Do, yeah, we, yeah. do, we, do we really want this but podcast I, I to take the, off? Yeah. Wait, so can you, <laughs> yeah. what, what are you willing to share? What am I willing that? to share? Interesting. I mean, uh, okay. I mean, I can kind of tell the story. Yes, uh, please. It steps on a couple of people's toes, but I, I can tell it in a way. Okay, let me try. Um, long story short, out, uh, met with a client. It was fun. My dad has a remarkable sense for people. It's bizarre. And I have a good sense for people. My dad has, it's, it's sixth sense. Bizarre. He's in sales though, right? My dad, uh, yeah, I mean, super indirectly, but yes. I mean, she technically speaking, he's in sales. Know, yeah. yeah. You know why? It's because my dad grew up in, in, in East New York. So my dad walks into every social situation like you're a scumbag that wants to steal from him. Oh, okay. So he yeah, always yeah, assumes yeah, yeah. the worst. That's healthy. You know what I mean? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Except he never gets hurt. You know? That's and true. kids from hey, the suburbs you know do. You That's true. Have high hopes and low expectations. Yeah. Yeah. That's yeah. how I get through life. So, so we had lunch, and uh, yeah. we we had lunch, and uh, the guy was a big fan of the channel. Uh, spoke, um, guy was a big fan. My dad called me to say hello. He didn't know where I was, uh, so I, I we were drinking. So I clicked FaceTime and said, "Oh, say hello to this guy. He's a big fan." And we hung up the phone. My dad said, "Get the fuck out of there." And his my dad's never said that before. Mm. I said, "What are you, what, what are you talking about?" He goes, "Something's wrong." I was like, "What the fuck?" I didn't listen. I, I saw, again, I'm not oblivious. I mean, you know, but right. I saw nothing wrong. Um, but he saw something, maybe a frantic energy. He saw something. Um, long story short, a couple of other people came, two women. Uh, and uh, he, one, one was with me, one was with him. Uh, it was actually his wife. Uh, the wife went home. So now it's the three of us having drinks. And uh, he like, uh, like assaulted the, uh, the girl that I was with. Yeah, he assaulted her. So uh, I didn't, uh, I didn't know that. Obviously, I was in the bathroom. So, oh, I'm sorry. And then as he freaked out, he you know, he he pulled up his shirt and had the had, you know, had a gun and pulled it out and put it on the table as a, either as an intimidation tactic to the girl or as a as a because um, uh, he's drunk and he thinks the guns are cool. I don't know. Uh, I was always taught that if you show somebody a gun, you better be shooting them. <laughs> you know, it's, 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 it, guns aren't a fun thing to just show around, right? Unless it's hobbyist, you know? Uh, anyway, uh, I came back to the table. The girl was, you know, like, let's get the fuck out of here. And I was like, all right. It was super weird. On the way to the car, she starts crying, you know? I'm like, Shh. what the fuck happened? It's fucking crazy. She starts telling me the story. The story got worse over the course of the next couple of days, but I knew it was true. This girl was, you know, super reliable. You know, and uh, I knew it was true for sure because only 10 minutes after leaving, he called me and it was a, it was a check. He was checking in to yeah, see if yeah. I heard anything. Yeah. And what'd uh, she say? What'd she say to you? Oh, she's, yeah. 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 yeah, yeah you yeah. know, she got a little weird, right? She got a little bit weird. She seemed emotional. That? I don't think though. she's good for you. You know, she was getting buggy. I'm like, get the fuck out of here. Yeah. 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 And if it was a third, the, the restaurant was, was a family restaurant of his. 
So otherwise, I would have uh, wanted to see the tape, but I knew they deleted it. Already. Yeah, 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 yeah. They were, she even if they didn't, they're not going to show. She it. wasn't lying. Fucking weird. Fucking crazy. crazy. So that's, Jesus. That's, well, then, that's, and that's why I don't meet with like the fact that you guys are in my apartment. It, like you seem nice on Instagram, and I listen to you guys. Were you guys? I I vetted you to the degree that I thought you guys were cool. Um, but we got, I, a, we got a SWAT team ready to rock I, it right now. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, wait, wait, wait. He thought we're cool. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Hell yeah, dude. But I do not meet with people ever. So was that in like fucking Westfield here? Or was that uh, like, it was in New Jersey. New Jersey, okay. It was in New Jersey. Sheesh. Yeah, Jesus Jersey's Christ. a weird fucking place, man. Yeah. It, what was that stink that I smelled on the way in? <laughs> yeah, from- it was New Jersey. <laughs> It smelled like a paper mill or something you said. <laughs> I, don't, I, I don't know. It's a weird combination of shit. Um, okay, so uh, blah, 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 blah. Where are we at? Okay. Uh, fan, fan question. Oh, this is a good one All for right, you, buddy. let's do it. Yeah. So. I hope you're ready. There is a super fan of yours in Austin that couldn't be here, but we <laughs> recorded. Say, this, is, this is a video of the guy who molested the girl <laughs> saying hello. Like, oh my God. Yeah, yeah we did deep click. research. So this is uh, a super fan of yours in Austin that couldn't be here. So we recorded a question he had for you. Ah, it's terrific. So let's Very get that going because this is, ooh, almost deleted it. Jesus, <laughs> bro, you almost blew it. Yeah. Hello, Christian. I am here today because I am an absolute tremendous fan. Could not be there in person, but I am there in spirit. Wanted to ask you, there are some thinkers of the watch and certain communities who talk about watch spirituality and the amazing and divine fabric of life that watch wielders and sellers possess through their fingertips. What I want to know from you is if you think about how watches cannot be explained by science or craftsmanship, but merely reflect the immortal power of the cosmos do do you see that when you think of time how it's shifting and do you take your millions of dollars of of merchandise that you have accumulated through pure sort of spiritual power and and meditate on this grand instrument these grand instruments do do you do you yeah i'll tell you this so the answer is no (laughs) uh i don't um, I, uh, when I, when I, you know, when I sit with my grandfather, who I'm very close with, and we talk about watches, which is very, very rarely, um, he, it is never about the material and it's not even about the quality of the watch. He doesn't care about that either. We got him a paddock and he never wears it. Um, but it is only about what you're discussing. It is only about the, about time. And for him, who's had a very, who's had a hard life, you know, for many people who have experienced a lot, you know, the, you know, the, the sweet sometimes, but pain of time and, and, and this, you know, this, it's, 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 it's certainly not about watches. It's certainly about something much greater. Philosophy. Uh, and I, and I, and, and he's, and he's, you know, he's not an educated guy, so he couldn't express completely what he was probably thinking. It's but like you a can big tell, Yeah, right. <laughs> but you can definitely tell that there's something much more true, you know, in a real sense, uh, going on in his mind when we mm-hmm. discuss watches. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I'm just not that wise yet. Damn, that just put the fucking me, podcast in a different yeah, element. Me neither. Right there, me neither. Yeah. So, so we're gonna take a left turn here. Uh, let's do it. Uh, you know, and. <laughs> I, I, I've I've seen uh, you know sometimes you get a few hater comments on social media and stuff oh, like think? that and and I think uh, 
even in one interview, you described yourself as a hateable guy. Yeah. And and I want to read the quote because it's, it's kind of funny. You said, I am a hateable guy. Uh, I have comically large hair. Yes. I'm decent looking. Mm-hmm. Not super good looking, but decent. I'm 25, doing pretty well. And that's a very hateable recipe. So how do you deal with those haters? I mean, you know, the truth is I... I, I like, like the best example would be through, you know, through like, you know, Reddit every once in a while when we'll catch some shit, you know, um, even when there is fire beneath the smoke, even if I said something wrong or said something obnoxious, which I do. I mean, there's, I don't know how many hours, how many thousands of hours of me talking from 19 to 27 are available online, right? Of course you say some stupid shit, you know? So, so even then it, the, you can tell when the reaction is disproportionate, mm-hmm. you know? So I try to look and, and, you know, uh, say, okay, I can learn from that. I, that was wrong. It's not my fault that they hate me so much. You know, it's too much. They hate me too much for what I did, um, or said, but but, uh, but, you know, I try, try to find the reason behind it. And the truth is uh, many, many people are just deeply sad. Uh, they're deeply, deeply sad. And I deal with it uh, in all aspects of business all the time. Um, people, people are very sad. You know, it's the truth. You know, and I think that's why Liquor Run resonates with, with the, the series of my dad resonates with so many people is because I think that, you know, a lot of the reason the, the room for sadness, you know, is made by a lot of times the absence of a good relationship with your family. I think a lot of the time. Um, and my dad had a bad relationship with his family, but he was managed, he managed to do the opposite for me. Mm-hmm. So a lot of people will either say, wow, that reminds me of my father and I miss him so much, or this reminds me of what was missing from my life this whole time. And I hope to give this to my son one day. And I think that if you, know, if you don't have that sadness, your life is just, I mean, clearly so much better, but so much more rational. Hmm. It's so much easier. When, when someone does something wrong, you don't hate them with your entire body. It's just, yeah, you shouldn't have said that. That was a stupid jerk thing to say, which is how I feel, you know? Okay. Uh, and that's it. All right. Next question, though. Some of the comments we've seen, some of the hate comments that we've seen, Surround the pricing of your inventory. For example, I've heard a comment that Theo and Harris is selling a modern DJ that has signs of water damage as quote unquote patinaed for eight and a half K. What are the challenges of pricing in the secondary market when prices seem to be all over the place? That was pretty recently. Wasn't that pretty recently? I think, I think I just, so. I, I think, think so. I just sold that watch literally yesterday. I'm not even kidding. For how much? Um, 80, uh, 8,000. Hmm. 81? Yeah. I think that, you know, the way I look at it is, is, uh, what is your point of reference? If you're referencing, if you're referencing, you know, deal, a uh, uh, client to client, uh, like Facebook groups were very high. If you're referencing small shops, we're probably somewhere in ballpark. If you're referencing real shops, our real competitors were under. So, I mean, if you see some of the prices that our competitors put up, you know, I say, wow, that's, that's, you know, it's cra- you know, even I feel like that's, that's kind of crazy sometimes, you know? So it's a matter of what's your point of reference. I mean, we're a real retail store with, with hundreds of thousands of dollars in overhead. I mean, yeah. what do you expect us to sell it for? So yeah. like the, in terms of that kind of like pricing and stuff, what is the, what do you think, what do you, what do you, when you're doing your pricing, what, what do you kind of picture as your value add in terms of your business? Well, 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 first the pricing itself, the pricing system is I'll look up all the comps, uh, let's say on Chrono 24, for instance, or wherever I may do it. And I'll say, okay, the, the reasonable range, not the range, like cutting out the bullshit and cutting out the bullshit on both ends, the reasonable range. And where do I feel at what, at what percentile do I feel like this watch stacks up in that reasonable range? Are you the final say in the buy or do you have someone else that's no, like No, I'm sourcing? final say buy and sale. 
Okay. Yeah. So yeah. it, it kind of sounds Which is like not very labor intensive. Like yeah. like so I I guess kind of what I'm getting at is like like what is the the we have the watch is like the physical product and then yeah. there's sort of like the like sort of out there like interact intellectual product yeah. of like 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 what what is Theo and Harris, what do you bring to the equation? I, I bring to the equation exactly what I what I as a collector have always missed. Because I don't I don't get to buy from retailers, right? Or when I do, I buy as a dealer to dealer. And it's a very empty experience. Uh, even when it's safe, which is not always safe for 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 regular Joe Blow, right? But for me, because I'm a dealer, I'm doing it. But it's so anticlimactic, I find. And it's so just, not only risky, even put the risk aside. And there's plenty of risk when you're dealing with an individual um, and not a company. But um, I mean, even my GMT, it's only, it's only, it was only cool because I got to go out with my dad after and have wine. But the actual sale experience is horrible. Just like every other watch I have. It's horrible. Did, did you buy that new at retail? No, he bought it. No, from, it's, it's uh, 2014. Dealer. He bought it from you. He bought yeah. it for me, yeah. He bought the, the, the one I got from the yeah. The watch is he, there's a running joke 2014. That, uh, it so was I, the first one. I got a Pepsi at, at retail, and the running joke that this fucker uh, concocted that still plagues me to this day is that I flipped it immediately. He and totally now I have did. A fucking He's got a Chinese super fake That's a uh, that, that he wears around. And uh, yeah, yeah. So, good for you, buddy, for making so much extra money. Yeah. Well, I wish I did, because that was 30K at that uh, It at bought the you that engagement ring, man. <laughs> and that whole trip. Yep, that's true. So back to the show. How do you think the Theo and Harris channel is different from other watch-related channels, and how would you describe who your audience is? Good question. Um, it's it's different. I mean, uh, in in every in every you know measurable way. Look at our approach. I mean, we are. It's all banter. It's no specs virtually. Um, it, Oftentimes we are in, we're incomplete in even our set of facts. I mean, you know, it's the truth. I mean, the other day, here's a good example. A good example of that is uh, the other day we were reviewing or not reviewing, but discussing uh, the James Bond releases, the uh, the new ones. I love it. I love He's the an one, Omega fanboy. I, 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 I loved it. Yeah. I thought my biggest criticism for me is uh, that they didn't like the, the case back could have been like at an angle where you only see it in an angle like Grand Seiko's now with the lion. I think I don't love the James Bond branding. I like the no time to die, which had 007 almost as if it was an issue number. I like that. I don't, I don't, I don't like the the James Bond logo. I just don't, but they don't have it on the front. It's all in the back. Yes. I agree with that. So it's like, you only experience it on your own terms and it's perfect. Yeah. I think again, but it's like different difference in opinion, but I didn't even know that that was on the expensive one. On the two hundred and thirty thousand dollars one, I didn't even know it was there, right? Because in the photo I saw, it wasn't there. So I didn't even know. And I don't know why they made that one. He, well, I like it. I think it's the cool. The two hundred thirty thousand dollars with the diamonds and shit. It's cool, yeah. Oh my um, god. But but that happens sometimes, you know. Uh, just I just didn't even know. And people are like, "Wow, do your research." I'm like, <laughs> "Yeah, I mean, I guess you're right. Uh, you're right. I should have I should have known that." But on the flip side, everyone here knows that they're not coming to us for a complete set of specs. They're coming for my and Michael's more you know, critical, you know, kind of just reaction to what's going on. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. Uh, whereas other guys, I don't, I don't find them all that intelligent a lot of time, you know, I don't, or if they are, I don't think that that's their value add so that they don't really share it. Certainly not ours. Yeah. <laughs> How has the Theo and Harris YouTube content evolved over the years? Uh, you know, 
uh, obviously, we introduced these brand partnership, uh, brand partnerships with with Omega, with Nomos, with Grand Seiko, with all these brands um, that we're very proud of, and and we can only do that not because of our our size. Our size isn't our big value add. We only have one hundred thirty one thousand subs compared to our competitors who have hundreds of thousands, some of them even millions. Right? That's not our value add. Our value add is that we. People buy watches for a couple of different reasons. One of them is the specs. That is true. Like the Jack Forrester sort of person. The person that buys a watch from Jack Forrester often did it because they just, they, they are they a are very critical, analytical sort of person, right? Um, and that's great. But I think that far more people do it because of a level of just, you know, it's branding, it's emotional connection. Uh, and there are different sorts of emotional connection. There's nostalgia, there's aspiration, there's, there's a million different, you know, elixirs to tap into. Um, brands work with us because we know which elixir to use on their particular campaign. Um, and our competitors don't. That's mm. it. That's totally how I got into watches. Like the stories, the moon watch and everything. Yeah. That's what put me over the yeah. edge, I think. Um, so like, have you, have you done any collabs with any other watch channels at all no i was asked this question just a couple weeks ago next to teddy on a on a panel we did for grand seiko they, you know, they asked why aren't i interested in more collabs and the truth is i i mean i just am I, I am i'm just too lazy i really mean it uh teddy is out there doing it with producer michael and with kevin o'leary mr wonderful god bless him. mr ftx yeah wonderful. god bless them all god bless him and it, clearly it's worked he's got 10 times the subs that we do god bless him but me I don't know. I, I, I've taken the same approach to collabs as I always have with women. Uh, really, I'm not even a joke. Like, I just do not chase anyone. I don't wait on lines. I don't chase. I would rather do without it. Mm. I would rather. That's why I don't have a new Rolex. That's why I, I if, if I want coffee and I go to the store and I see there's a line, I'm just like, okay, I'll just won't get coffee. It's fine. I don't care. Uh, I don't want to feel unwanted. <laughs> yeah. Period. Do you watch any like watch no. other watch YouTube channels, no. podcasts, nothing like that? You're just you're no. just there doing your own thing and No, I don't. Um, so we also heard that uh, you may have some beef with Brodinky. You got any comments on that? Brodinky? No, I think he's made some fun. <laughs> he right? I imagine it's a guy. Uh, made some funny fucking shit about me. I think. I mean, I've seen it. I've seen a couple things. I thought they were funny. Uh, yeah, I think it's great. You know. I think it's fine. It's fucking great. Yeah, you're here after all with us. Yeah, and, exactly. and you've gotten through an hour yeah, of our nonsense. I'm not afraid of being made fun of at we're, all. I we're mean, the fucking bottom of the barrel. <laughs> yeah, yeah, we really, really. What are. was that? We're the bitter, bitter pill you have to swallow if you're getting into watches. <laughs> <laughs> Last part now, and yes. this is a quick little yeah, yeah, yeah. section. <clears throat> this is titled "Big Business on the Paper." A bit of a theme for us. Big business. Big business. It. It's a it's a long. So let's talk about. Part three, big business expansion and diversification. Christian, you seem to have a biting ambition because you have multiple businesses and projects going on all at once. Let's dive into what some of these concepts are. You recently started a new business called LMF. What is LMF and does it stand for lit motherfucker? Listen, motherfuckers. Listen, uh, motherfuckers. Ooh. Uh, LMF is a creative consultancy and development company, um, a creative vendor. It is as simple as that, right? Um, we do incredible work. We do uh, uh, brand positioning, brand language, um, and then we do the creative work, right? So we'll, we'll, some of our commercials are on NBC. Some of our commercials are 
um, other people's YouTube, all over. Uh, we work in every space that's not watches. We are in healthcare. We are in journalism. We are in every, we are in sports. We're, it's, it's a great company. It's a phenomenal oh, wow. company. Yeah. Was this uh, an offshoot of uh, like Theo and Harris talent? So, like well, basically, guys? you know, when we started doing the brand partnerships with Theo and Harris, and which is a great part of the business and it's very profitable and all that stuff, I realized, you know, the watch industry is very interesting because while these companies have obviously presence in America, these are not American companies by any stretch of the imagination. These are Swiss companies and these American corporate structures are weak offshoots, mm. period. Uh, America has very little say. The American executives have very little say in what, in what goes on. So their budgets aren't as large. So yeah, I mean, we do well with them, fine, but nowhere near where, where you know, other companies that are our clients outside of watches, they deal, because we're dealing with the corporate central. Yeah. So we don't deal with Switzerland. Switzerland approves content, but they're not buying. Uh, so it's, it's, it's very different. I said pretty early on, I said, uh, this is, this is not going to work. Um, this is not going to work. It works, but not work in the way that I needed to. Uh, so I started LMF and that's it. And the company is fucking phenomenal. And, and that's kind of like, are you putting like most of your energy into I put, that now? I put 90% of my day into LMF. Oh, wow. So yeah. you, you, you personally have taken a big transition. Oh yeah. Yeah. It's fucking awesome. You know what it's like? You know how exhilarating it is, man. Like I get an email to sell a watch. That's great. Whatever. It's, 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 who cares, right? If I, it's like Captain Ahab. If I can catch a fucking whale, yeah, right? I see that, that email come up and they're from the Hearst Corporation or they're from whoever the fuck, you know. So you Theo know, Harris so, is kind of like running itself now and you're, yeah, it's you're, great. you're, you're, you're kind of going after the next big catch. Man, Hence the name elsewhere. partner. It's yeah. fucking great. So you've also diversified into film production and you've partnered up again with Michael Christie, a familiar face on the TNH show. And y'all released a few shorts like Two's a Company, Three's a Crowd, and Love Magnets. <laughs> I would assume that these films are in the public access erotica genre. How did you find yourself in that niche? If, if, if Michael and I were gay, our lives would be a hell of a lot easier. <laughs> All right. A budding bromance, huh? A budding bromance. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. <laughs> So uh, how how is that like? Is that more of a creative outlet for y'all? What's just, that? Uh, just like short the, the shorts, short films. The shorts. Uh, I mean, you know, it was it was we produced more short. Shorts were a way for us to really explore and differentiate in watches and get our name out there. Um, our clients at LMF, Michael's a partner at LMF. Uh, our clients at LMF, they don't need shorts so much as they need you know, to storytell in 30 seconds for TV, or they need uh, an internal piece that they know retention will only be three minutes. Uh, and it's not a short, you know, it's something different. It's more, uh, it's more obvious, still very, very artful, um, but it needs to be more to the point. But in watches, we've got such fucking, you know, latitude to, to make something that is almost not even about watches, but yeah. it's just, it captures the essence. I mean, I've always felt kind of like, viewed any luxury thing as like more about the story than oh, the product itself. Absolutely. Right? So it's like, it's like, it's, it's got to mean something to someone somewhere yeah. for, yeah. for someone to want to spend that kind of money. on. Absolutely. Where do you see Theo and Harris in, in five years, especially now that you're, you're, you're looking in other realms. Yeah, it's there. a good question. I mean, I, I don't really see it being all that different. Uh, I mean, not that different. No. Um, yeah. I, it's, it's kind of funny. I mean, it, it sounds maybe sound like kind of lame, uh, but no, we'll still be on YouTube. Um, we'll we'll probably have to get like a lot of our businesses is, is like those sixty second spots in YouTube videos. Mm -hmm. You know, we do really well with those. So yeah, we probably should 
get larger so we can make more money off of those. You know, but we should do that. Um, but no, the business will be very, very similar. So with you spending so much time on like the the, the new marketing yep. venture, like is, is Theo and Harris almost more like a fun separate thing for you to do? No, or? no. I mean, Theo and Harris is a very profitable, you know, company that to be ignored would be like, that would be just the height of just you're an idiot, you know, kind of thing. Uh, so I'll never do that. Like, I'm very grateful for the company. I love the company. Um, I love doing YouTube videos. I, th- I think it's great. We have a lot of fun. You know, if I didn't have it, I would miss the fuck out of it. hundred percent. So like everything you've done here in the past few years, like, is there any advice that you would give to like your younger self or any other like young folks who are looking to get into the game, you know, become entrepreneurs, get in the watch industry or just start their own business in general? Um, yeah, it's a good question. I mean, geez, what would be advice to, uh, I guess, younger self and other entrepreneurs with different things. I mean, if I had, if I had advice for my younger self, uh, I probably would, I'd probably give more just like personal advice, not, not so much business, you know, uh, cause the business, again, I took a, for a lot of people, I took a very fast road to, to, to like, you know, success. And then for me, a lot of other people that I know did it so much easier. So I'm like, mm. fuck you, you know, uh, meaning fuck you, younger Christian that didn't, just didn't see the writing on the wall, you know? Um, that being said, yeah, my advice to my advice would probably be on the more on the personal end. I guess on the on the obvious level, enjoy it, bud. Like this is the these are the good times. These are the good times. The, 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 I used to make dinner for my college friends at at the frat house every Friday night, and those are some of my greatest memories of all time. I had like no money, man, and I used to like fucking cook and drink wine, and I had the fucking best time. Those I get the best times of my life. I could tell you right now, once once you get past twenty five, it's all downhill. It's all there. downhill, right? It's like, like fuck, <laughs> you know. Jesus, I, not to bleak. be a downer. But Jesus I know. Christ! I know. So, do you see yourself staying in Westfield, New Jersey, or do you want to move operations and move? No, no, I'll stay right here. I mean, the the, the furthest I would go would be like, I mean, Wachung's like ten minutes down the road, you know, and you get uh, a larger piece of property for the same amount of money. Okay, that's um, nice over there. So, I think the last question. Yeah. So finally, seeing how it's New Year's Eve, can you invite me and Josh to any cool rich kid parties that you have lined <laughs> up, dude? We've we're... got like 45 people coming to my parents' house tonight. Hey. Can we come? Uh, yeah. There you go. Okay, guys, head on over. Yeah. Go All on. right. All right. Uh, hey, thank, thank you so much again for, for shooting the shit and inviting us to your abode. Yeah, uh, and Josh. your parents' New Year's party. Yeah, and right. your parents' New Year's there party. We'll be there. Yeah. And thank you for the Negroni. I am fucking lit. Yeah. It was great. That was great. I'm I am LMF. I'm lit, motherfucker. Right lit, now. motherfuckers. I'm glad I didn't put the scotch on the table because I probably would have had two more drinks. <laughs> that was good. Being <laughs> outside of an arm's reach was probably a good decision for my for my you know day to day. All right. Thank you so much. Yeah. Thanks, Bye. guys. Bye.